When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. From London, I'm John Weeks and this is The Standard. The controversial Rwanda policy has been deemed unlawful by the Supreme Court. But how did we get here? If they come across the channel illegally in these, in these vessels, then uh, they uh, risk, as I've, as I've explained, uh, ending up not in the UK, uh, but in Rwanda. And uh, that is something that I believe will, over time, prove a very considerable uh, deterrent. April 2022, then-Prime Minister Boris Johnson reveals the government's proposals to send migrants who've travelled to the UK by boat to Rwanda. June 2022, and the first flight due to take asylum seekers from the UK to Rwanda is cancelled minutes before takeoff after a late intervention from the European Court of Human Rights. Just over six months later, in January 2023, New Prime Minister Rishi Sunak announces legislation to tackle the migrant crisis. People must know that if they come here illegally, it will result in their detention and swift removal. Once this happens, and they know it will happen, they will not come and the boats will stop. March 2023, Home Secretary Suella Bravman visits a potential migrant housing site in Rwanda's capital, Kigari. The illegal migration bill will cover uh, the scenario where we want to uh, be able to detain and remove people swiftly to a safe country like Rwanda. The government then reveals plans to house asylum seekers on disused military bases, ferries and barges. July 2023, sweeping reforms under the Illegal Migration Bill become the law after being given royal assent. August 2023, the first group of asylum seekers board the Bibby Stockholm barge and leave four days later after Legionella bacteria was found in the barge's water. September 2023. Reports reveal the Home Office is spending £8 million a day for asylum seekers to stay in hotels. November 2023. Suella Braverman is sacked as Home Secretary. No migrants have been sent to Rwanda under the policy. And today, the Supreme Court rules that the Rwanda policy is unlawful. It's a huge blow for the Prime Minister and means he'll need to think fast to come up with a way to see through one of his key pledges to the public to stop 
the boats. Our courts correspondent, Tristan Kirk, was at the Supreme Court this morning. So Tristan, first of all, how did the ruling go? What were the sort of key reasons behind the decision from the Supreme Court? Well, this was a pretty devastating result for the government, uh, all told. Uh, the, the court had been asked to decide whether the policy of deporting asylum seekers to Rwanda was lawful or unlawful. And that was based on whether Rwanda was a safe third party country for people to be sent to, for their asylum claims to be determined, and for, if they're successful, their new lives to start over in Rwanda rather than in the UK. The Supreme Court justices looked through a large pile of evidence which suggested that Rwanda was not, in fact, a safe country for people to be sent to, that if they were sent over there, then genuine refugees could be at risk of being deported back to the country where they came from in the first place, and therefore would be at risk of persecution, of torture, and even of being killed. So this was a policy that the government had put a lot of stock in. Obviously, this is a year and a half in the making, getting all the way up to the Supreme Court. Uh, it was a policy they hoped would help their Stop the Boats campaign and would, would deter people from coming to the UK by illegal means. But they've gambled and lost in pretty spectacular fashion on Rwanda as a country being somewhere that they could legally and safely send people to be processed. As a consequence of this ruling today, there will be some within the Conservative Party, some on the uh, on the right wing of the Conservative Party, who are saying that now is the moment to pull out of the ECHR, to break away from those European-based obligations so that we can pursue whatever policies we want to and the Rwanda policy will be back on track. And I think, I think the judge made a point of mentioning that because that's not right, that's not accurate. You can't just pull out of the ECHR and then all those obligations will fall away. We're still obliged to, to treat refugees in a humane and, and legal way under the United Nations treaties on torture and on civil rights. And so people may want to simplify this matter down to a pulling away from the European courts line. But that's not accurate and not something that uh, I think we should be looking to pursue. It's not a sensible approach and it won't necessarily sort of dodge the issues that were brought up in this particular case. And can you explain for us just how this got to the Supreme Court? The case started off in, in the High Court. Two judges looked at it and decided that they thought that it was it was a lawful thing for the government to be doing. But then the case moved up to the Court of Appeal and the Court of Appeal said that the original judges in the High Court had not looked at the evidence properly, particularly the evidence from the UN's refugee agency, which, which said that there was quite a lot of evidence, really, that Rwanda was not a safe country, that its asylum system wasn't set up properly to, to give people a fair run. Also, that it was a country where there was evidence of extrajudicial killings, of disappearances, of torture, and of people being exposed to very real human rights abuses. And so the Court of Appeal, when it came to its ruling, reversed the original decision, said that the uh, policy was unlawful and the flights to Rwanda shouldn't go ahead. Fast forward to today, 
and this is the end point of the legal process, which has lasted for about a year and a half. Uh, the Supreme Court heard three days of arguments, and they came to the same conclusion as the Court of Appeal, that Rwanda is not a safe country currently to send people to, that its asylum process, for a wide variety of reasons actually, isn't something that we can rely on to be legally sound and therefore the government can't start sending people over to the the African country. And is that sort of disparity between rulings at the Court of Appeal, the High Court and the Supreme Court a a normal occurrence for this kind of thing? This is a a normal occurrence I think for, for this kind of legal dispute cases make their way through the the various different tiers of our court system and and they assess different parts of the case and of the policy and of the evidence that's being put forward. In actual fact, in this particular case, it was the first hearing of the evidence where things went awry somewhat in that the evidence being put forward by experts on Rwanda and on the asylum process and how they treat genuine refugees that wasn't assessed properly so therefore that was a mistake that was made in the in the high court court of appeal corrected that came to a different conclusion and this all the supreme court has really done today is is agree with that court of appeal decision and so it's a normal process for a, a policy that's so politically charged to go all the way up through to the supreme court and um, for a final conclusion to be reached Let's take a break now. Coming up in part two. There was other evidence being put forward, you know, including a, a 2018 incident where um, there were asylum seekers protesting outside a UN building and the Rwandan police officers opened fire on them. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze. Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. And you mentioned earlier that this is the sort of the end of the the legal process for this policy specifically. Can it go anywhere now, though? Is there any way it can be appealed or perhaps the government could alter the policy to try to get something through that's, that's similar to what they initially proposed? There's no more appeals process on this particular argument. But there are a variety of different ways that this could now go. So the courts decided that the idea of sending asylum seekers to a safe third country is legally sound. For example, if we struck a deal with, say, France or Spain or somewhere like that, 
it's reasonable to expect that if we struck that kind of a deal where uh, asylum seekers were moved over to a country like France, uh, etc., to be dealt with, that France is a country where the legal obligations towards refugees would be adhered to. And so therefore, if that was a policy that was put into effect, then that would that wouldn't be something that would find itself necessarily being challenged in the courts and something we could do. So therefore, Britain does have the option at this stage of saying, okay, Rwanda's not safe, but maybe there's another third country that we want to strike a new deal with, and that's how we're going to process our asylum claims in the future. However, this is a really bad defeat for the government. They basically pursued this policy of of signing up a a third-party country for its asylum claims for a year and a half, I say, and has come to the end of it and found that the the whole policy can't go forward. And we've all also already committed quite a lot of money to Rwanda as as the country. So switching to a different country really sort of ignores the idea that this this was a pretty disastrous policy pursuit in the first place. The the, the other route is to to basically change course and say, well, this didn't work and go on a different route with immigration policy. A lot of people are now saying that after this defeat for the government, Rishi Sunak and the new Home Secretary, James Cleverley, should change tack, essentially, and say that we're going to um, set up more legal routes for people to come to this country to claim asylum, refugee status. And you mentioned early on, Tristan, that it has been you know, 18 months of legal battles to come to this conclusion. I imagine outside of whatever money has been sent to Rwanda, that's quite an expensive exercise, right? Well, absolutely. Yeah, this is this will be a very expensive exercise. I think uh, at one of the hearings, I counted something like 50 barristers stood in the room involved in the process in some form or another. That doesn't count the small armies of other lawyers who will have been involved behind the scenes. And I must say that this was um, a policy that's obviously very politically charged. But when you were sat in court and, and hearing the arguments that were being put forward, it was rather obvious to those of us who were observing that there were some significant problems with the the Rwanda deportation plan. The evidence from the the UN Refugee Agency was really powerful saying, you know, this this was a country where in in 2021, Britain itself had criticised Rwanda for the way that there were people being killed, disappeared, tortured, and, and for what seemed on the face of it to be human rights abuses. There was evidence in the past that Rwanda hadn't complied with its obligations in a very similar deal it set up with Israel, whereby basically people had been deported from Israel to Rwanda, processed, and genuine refugees have been sent back to their home country in breach of international obligations. And there were there was other evidence being put forward, to, you know, including a, a 2018 incident where um, there were asylum seekers protesting outside a UN building and the Rwandan police officers opened fire on them. So all of this material was being put forward as part of the case. It was quite unavoidable to not conclude that, you know, this was a really difficult obstacle for the government to get over in setting up this case. So so all of that adds up to, yes, it's an expensive legal case. 
There's more news, interviews and analysis in the Standard newspaper and at standard.co.uk. Thanks for listening. We're back tomorrow afternoon at four o'clock. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.